Hi, and welcome back to yet another episode of Bestie Tales, where I share stories that are brought to us by you. This episode is sponsored by Natural Cycles, the first and only FDA-cleared birth control app, which has over 3 million registered users. I've been using Natural Cycles for the past two and a half years, and this app has truly changed my life. You guys know I talk about it literally all the time. It has made it so easy for me to learn how to track my cycle naturally, prevent pregnancy, and get to know my body through the easy-to-use app and educational guides. NC is also certified as a medical device in Europe, Australia, and Singapore. Natural Cycles provides women with a natural alternative option to hormonal birth control and is 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use. Natural Cycles is for women 18 and older and does not protect against STIs. The app helps you prevent pregnancy without hormones. It's super empowering because you get to be in full control of your fertility. The Natural Cycles app is powered by an algorithm that will tell you if you can get pregnant that day or not. All you have to do is just sync your temperature to the app every morning. Millions of women around the world have used Natural Cycles birth control app to prevent pregnancy. And the one thing that my friends at NC hear the most is that users wish they switch sooner. If you're interested in learning more about how it works and how effective Natural Cycles is, you can use the link in the show notes along with my code SOFIA20 at checkout to get 20% off an annual subscription plus a free thermometer. I am having so much fun with these episodes. I hope you guys are enjoying these because y'all are sharing some really funny, amazing, relatable, inspiring just amazing stories. And I'm having so much fun sharing them, getting to know you guys. I feel like we're all best friends here. And I know I just said that these episodes are about you, right? But here I am going to make it about me for a second because I need to talk to somebody about it. I am consumed by a book series right now. Okay. And you probably saw this coming. You're probably like, oh boy, here she goes again. If I am good at my job of influencing let me influence you so hard right now. Please sit down. Please sit down. Have a glass of wine or whatever. You know, you have have some water. Just sit down because I need to get this off my chest. But I have started a series that goes by the acronym ACOTAR. You might be familiar with it if you, you know, scroll on TikTok a little bit, if you're on Book Talk, if you read a little bit, you might hear the acronym being thrown around, ACOTAR this, ACOTAR that. Well, ACOTAR stands for A Court of Thorns and Roses, and it's a series by the author Sarah J. Mass. And never in my wildest dreams would I have thought that I would be into fantasy books, let alone fantasy romance. A Court of Thorns and Roses is the first book of the series, but it's also what the series is called. I'm currently only on book three right now. I just started last week. I don't have any friends here, so it works out perfectly that I just read all weekend long. And I am so consumed. I'm so consumed. I don't even know how to decipher my thoughts right now. I don't even know how to continue living in this world because I want to be in that world. And it's funny because I always like, I'm on book talk, right? That's like my entire feed is book talk. And I always, I knew, I knew that I was going to start Akatar at some point. And you guys recommended this series for at least a year by now to me. Anytime I posted like a book thing on TikTok, you guys are like, you have to read Akatar. I'm like, I know, I know it's going to come at a point in my life where I'm going to need to be consumed by something. And now is the time. I think fall time is the perfect time to be consumed by Akatar for the first time. It is a fantasy world and there is romance in it, 
but you have to understand that the first book is world building. Okay. You get to know the characters, the plot, the language, what the fuck is even going on. The first book in a series historically, I feel like is always the worst book. It's, it's good enough to get you hooked where you're like, wow, I'm really intrigued. I'm going to read the second one. But once you read the rest of the books in any series, then you realize, okay, yeah, the first one actually isn't that good because the plot doesn't get started until later because you've got to build the world you're entering into. So you have to trust me when I tell you, just read the first book, just get through it. So many people are like, oh, I DNF did it. I got to page 50. I just couldn't get into it. I couldn't get into it. You have to trust me. You have to trust me. Would I ever steer you wrong? The answer is no. I would never do that to you ever. So just get through the first book. Oh my God, the tension, the, the, the plot building. I mean, it's amazing. And this isn't like a one-off smutty, spicy romance book or series. Okay. This isn't about smut necessarily. Like if you want surface level smut and it's just like a book that you read that you binge and it gets you all hot and bothered, I've got a list of those for you. Okay. Check my Goodreads. It's pretty much every book that I've been reading for the past year, but this is like an entire layered experience. It's not about like It's not about the smut. It's not about the spicy scenes. I know that there's more coming. I've already read a few and they're amazing. I know that there's more coming, but a lot of people are like, oh, it's just like not that spicy. You've got to give it time. Let it marinate. This is a world where you just have to marinate in the plot and the characters. It's a layered experience. It's amazing. It's amazing. You have to start it if you haven't already. Please. Like the second book is one of the best books I've ever read where it left me feeling like gutted and ready to read the next one at the same time. You have to trust me on it. Okay, I'm going to shut up now because this episode is about you, but you you probably knew that this was coming, right? You see me on TikTok. I can't shut up about it on Instagram. You probably knew it was coming. So here it is. Had to lay it out there for you. I'll keep you guys updated throughout the series, but I just started the third book and I'm absolutely consumed. I will be reading all of the rest of Sarah J. Mass's books. Apparently, it's like a whole fantasy universe that she, it's called the Massiverse or something that I'm entering into for the first time. And I'm so happy to be here. I love the fantasy book talk world. I mean, everyone is so nice there and so fun. And I feel like we're a big girl group and I just love it so much. Okay. Anyways, that's all. That is all. Hopefully I inspired you enough or influenced you enough to go pick it up right now. Get it from Target or, you know, Barnes and Noble or whatever. How Amazon, I think it's like on sale right now, the whole series on Amazon, if you wanted to grab that. So there you go. That's my influencing for the day. Job here is done. Let's get in to your guys's stories. Okay. So the first one is, I feel like it's pretty relatable for a lot of you guys out there. And I've got some good advice for this one. It's a long one. So buckle up. Here we go. Okay. Hi, Bestie. I love your podcast so much. And you are like the big sister I've never had. I want to preface by saying this is very long. So I apologize in advance. Never apologize. The longer, the better. I want to tell the story because I can't tell if I'm Delulu or what to do in this situation. So I'll preface the story by saying I had a boyfriend of five years up until May of this year. At the beginning of the year, like February to April slash May, I started hanging out a lot more at my friend's apartment. These are the friends I've had since college who I know really well, and one of my best friends is dating one of the boys who lives there. Another boy who lives there is also my best friend's boyfriend's friend. Are we following? From high school, LOL. He also had a long-term girlfriend who he had broken up with back in December, maybe. I always had a low-key crush on him and thought he was super cute, even when I had a boyfriend, which I feel a little bad about. When I started going over there more, him and I became really good friends and we definitely had a connection and a vibe between us. Mind you, my boyfriend at the time and I lived in different cities about 35 minutes apart. 
So when I had free time and I wasn't hanging out with my boyfriend, I was usually at my friend's apartment, so my boyfriend was not there. I obviously didn't do anything, but I definitely felt this connection to this guy and felt myself gravitating towards him every time I was there. In April, I was starting to really question my long-term relationship for many other reasons other than this crush that I had. But there was one day that we went to a concert. We danced a little bit there, and we ended up talking until like 6 a.m. because I stayed at their place. I ended up having a few more instances where I would sleep over at their apartment because there was a party or we were drinking, and him and I would end up staying up really, really late just talking. In May, my boyfriend at the time and I went on a pre-planned trip. However, by this point, I was really questioning this relationship, and I know that I had grown a lot, and a lot has changed, and I wasn't in love with him anymore. I've turned to my crush for advice because he had been through a similar situation with his ex-girlfriend. The week leading up to my breakup, he was there for me and gave me such good advice. And honestly, I don't think I would have had the balls to do what I needed to do without him. With that being said, we have a, we had a very intimate weekend. And by that, I mean, we'd stayed up late talking and he was giving me advice. I obviously was very upset and stressed and worried. However, one of the nights we ended up cuddling and he asked to kiss me and I said no, because I had not broken up with my boyfriend and I was not the type of girl to do that. And I knew I would feel really guilty about it. So I ended up breaking up with my boyfriend the very next day for many other reasons, not just this. And about a week later, I ended up staying over at my friend's apartment again, and we ended up kissing. I was glad I waited, but I also felt this connection had been longstanding for a while, and I didn't realize that the connection I, and I didn't realize the connection I had with him. The main problem in this whole story is that this guy was moving to a different state at the end of the, at the end of June, and I was also moving to a different city in the beginning of June. We'd have a few more weekends of weird vibing, hanging out, staying out, staying up late, making out, blah, 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 blah. The last time I saw him, I had slept over with him and we said our goodbyes because it was going to be the last time we saw each other for a while. We also had a conversation about this connection that we had and it's been really fun, but we both kind of understood that we were moving away and it couldn't really be anything serious. I texted him on his birthday in the end of June and he definitely was drunk, but he sent a very long message saying how he was so happy that we had a connection in the way that we did and he felt more comfortable with me than he had with anyone in a long time and all this stuff. I would love to read that message. (laughs) I love that. Now we have been apart ever since living in different states and have not seen each other. However, we've been snapping every day, Snapchatting, by the way, every day and texting and we have FaceTimed once. I feel like we're both afraid to talk about anything that happens and all of our conversations are very surface level, which is unlike us because we've had very meaningful and deep talks. As soon as we touch the surface of flirting or talking about anything serious, it seems like we both get afraid to say anything. I think we both just know that we live in different states and it would be kind of hard to start something in this situation, especially since this was such a quick, weird situation. It's not like we were dating or going out on dates at all. But now I have really mixed signals and I don't know what to do because I feel like I have this connection with him and I have no idea what he thinks. I'm going to visit him in October with two friends and I'm super nervous and I have no idea what the vibes are going to be. I don't know if I should just go for it and share how I'm feeling or if that's going to hurt me even more and potentially embarrass myself. Sorry for how long this is. I wish I could FaceTime you, LOL. You should start that as a segment. Love you, bestie. Thanks for being such an inspiration and big sis. Okay, first of all, we'd love to FaceTime you guys. Maybe we'll do little call-ins. That would be so fun. But wow. Wow, you guys. One of our besties is in love. Listen, human connection is human connection. You can have a connection with multiple different people. It doesn't mean that you're like romantically involved with them, right? But you can have connections with people that you can't really explain outside of your relationship. Um, And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that's just a part of life. Now, whether you take it to the next level is totally, you know, based on 
you and, and what you want to do. And, and that's kind of where it gets, the waters get a little bit murky, but my advice to you would be, first of all, you have to update us on how it goes in October. You have to update us. Like I'm sure it's probably going to be for Halloween weekend. Please let us know. Um, but I think life is too short to not share your feelings and not be upfront. We need to stop bouncing around things in today's day and age. We don't have time to waste. Okay. We really don't at all. Life is too short and you are only going to be this young once. You guys know that. We all know that. So don't be afraid to share your feelings because it's better to share your feelings and get the truth, even if the truth hurts, than to sit and wait around and then like drag this whole thing out, start developing more feelings, but then get really bad anxiety and get a little cray cray because you're like, I just don't know. You're overthinking it. You send yourself into a turmoil and then end up getting your feelings hurt later down the line when it could have been solved a lot easier and a lot sooner. You know what I'm saying? But I am so for making the first move, sliding into the DMs first, you being the one to text first. Like, don't wait for them to text you first. Like, I, if you double text, fucking double text. I'm not saying like, you know, triple text and like, you know, take it to, to that level. It doesn't need to go that level. But I'm like a huge fan of that. Like, why not? I did that. I did that with Nash when we first started, um, when we first started dating, like I'd be the first to text sometimes or, you know, whatever. I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Like we, it's not just up to the guys to share their feelings and have them confess. And I think that you can definitely go about it in a way where it's like, okay, listen, obviously we both know that we've had this like weird connection for a while. And I know that you're the kind of person that I could really, really start developing feelings for. Um, but obviously we're kind of in a sticky situation cause we don't live near each other anymore. And I just wanted to let you know that like, I do like you and I can see myself liking you even more. And I just want to get a feel for where you're at because I don't like, I don't want this to like hurt our friendship. Right. I feel like that's a good way, good way to go about it, but you have to keep us updated. Life is too short. Life is too short. Spill your feelings. Tell them you fucking love them. Do what you got to do, girl. Okay. Because it's better to know the truth now. You know what I mean? Okay, here's the next one. I don't think you guys are ready for this. I really don't. I really don't. Okay, here we go. Here's a funny and terrifying dating story. Those that are in relationships, please be happy you are. So I matched with this guy on Hinge. It's always the Hinge guys. You can't trust him. He seemed to be perfect like they all are. We started texting right away and then talking on the phone. This guy seemed just too, be, too good to be true. Well, turns out he was. We went out on a date and went back to his house to watch a movie. Relax. My friend lived in the same complex. Good very good. He started telling me about his past relationships and how they were terrible. He said his ex was trying to sue him over something and he apparently wasn't guilty of whatever it was. Red flag number one. Then he proceeds to tell me he lied about having no job and was broke. Red flag number two. I got weirded out and said I wasn't feeling good and wanted to go home. Then he proceeded to call me names and tell me I just wasn't appreciative. Red flag number three. After I got home, he was calling me nonstop. He did this for a few days straight, leaving me voicemails, apologizing for his behavior. A few days went by and I hadn't heard from him. A few weeks went by and I got a random call from the local county jail. I freaked out thinking it was one of my best friends. It was him trying to contact me. I blocked the number each time they tried to call. Finally, on the last call, I told the operator I was scared and didn't feel safe talking to him. She told me she'd remove me from his contact list and said not to worry about it. A few months went by and I was watching the news one night. Guess whose face popped up? His. He was convicted of sodomy. 
I don't know if I spelled that wrong. No, you, you spelled it right. Look it up if you don't know what it is. But that was my absolute lowest hinge date outcome. I'm so glad I got home when I did and never made contact again. But I have plenty more if you want me to tell another one. Britt, please, please, you guys share as many as you possibly can. That is so terrifying. And that's why, like, ugh, you guys, dating apps are so scary. I think they're amazing and wonderful. And you can meet the love of your life on them. But they can be so incredibly scary. Like you just cannot trust it. Thank God. Super proud of you for like, you know, saying, okay, my friend lives in the same complex. I feel safe going there. You've got to share your location with people when you are going out on a date. Do not ever go back to the guy's place the first night because you just don't know them well enough. You just don't. I mean, things happen. All right. We've all been there. Things happen. But like, you just never know. You just never know. And that's honestly terrifying. That's so scary. That is so scary. Now you're going to have to do a background check on every single person you date from now on. Okay, you guys, I have a best detail from actually one of <laughs> one of my clients. My clients and I are really close. All of my clients I have very close relationships with. Um, and my client's been in the dating scene. And I was like, girl, if you have a story for best details, like please share it. And she did, she dished it out. You guys won't fucking believe this story. Okay. Ready? So it goes. So I matched with this one guy on Bumble. We shall call him Jack. Jack was a nice six to 28 year old at the time. And our conversation flowed really nicely over Bumble. We chatted for a few days and then we agreed to meet for dinner at this restaurant called Lazy Dog. We met up around 5 p.m. on a Thursday and he arrived with a backpack, which I didn't really think anything of. Maybe we came from school. Maybe he came from school. Maybe he brought a backpack to work. I also brought a backpack to work, so I really didn't think anything much of it. We greeted each other and then sat down to eat, did the whole interview part of the date and little small talk while ordering drinks. The conversation was good, talked about random life topics, but I noticed that in... (laughs) I noticed that in every topic of conversation, he would somehow bring up the subject of BDSM. He related most random things in the conversation back to that topic and would be like fully into it. After about the fourth time, he brought it up and I finally asked him why he wanted to talk about that so much. He asked me if I was into it. I said, not really, haven't really explored that side, but if you're into it, you do you boo. And he asked me if I would at all want to try it with him. I was about to answer no. Then he whips out his backpack and opens it up, pulls out purple fuzzy handcuffs, a purple whip, and also some gold chains. The man has got some flavor, all right? Mind you, we are in a public restaurant sitting outside and other people fairly close by. I was so shook. I didn't even know what to do. He was telling me these are his favorites and they are, quote, the most fun. I had not even touched my drink and I just told him that I had to go. I had never ran so fast in my entire life from anything. I sprinted as fast as I could and could hear him saying, where are you going? I then ran into the parking lot garage and hit around the corner behind a building. A security guard happened to be in his golf cart circling the shopping center when we made eye contact. I asked if he could come over. I told him what had happened. He laughed. He was concerned. He was also very shook. So he gave me a ride to my car, which was on the other side of the shopping center. It had been about 30 minutes since I had ran away, so I felt like it was okay. He took a back way to my car and made sure I left by myself. I now wear sneakers to first dates in case I need to make an escape. Okay, listen, listen to the BDSM world major slay. I'm not laughing at that. Okay. You guys do what's absolutely best for you. Little bit of, you know, little bit of, a little bit of handcuffing here and there. It's it's not going to hurt anybody mostly, but to bring that out on a first date, I mean, I have no words. Like what, what am I supposed to say to that? That's 
absolutely shocking. I mean, purple and gold though. He's got some, like I said, he's got some flavor, but that when she told me that I was like, I, I don't even know that this can't be real. And she's like, I can't even believe it's real either. Like it felt like a fever dream that she went through that. And honestly, such a good, such a good piece of advice to wear sneakers on the first day in case you need to make an escape. But, um, Wow. These dating, these dating app stories are like fueling my life right now. I want to tell you guys that. Okay. This next best detail is from another one of my clients. I know I'm biased. I can't help it. Okay. But this is from, from one of my clients, Brittany, this is a rant. You can feel the passion and the energy through this. Okay. But I feel like it's also a really fucking good piece of advice for all my single girlies out there. Okay. My rant for this chat that I've been experiencing lately is being single. I'm 100% single and trying to learn to love being alone and doing things alone. I told myself I would not date anyone again that didn't give me the minimum, give me minimum 100% effort. Amen. But that's for another story time. My rant is people telling me or other singles to just focus on yourself. You got to love yourself first before you love someone else. You need to work on yourself. Bitch, I do love myself. I simply cannot work on myself anymore. Yes, it's a daily thing to always be better than you were yesterday and always lead with kindness, but I cannot take it anymore. Being single does not make me feel less than or a sob story for you. It's just something that's been bothering me lately. I love myself and I work hard every day to remind myself how far I've come physically, thanks to my kick-ass coach, so I love you, mentally and emotionally. I am a strong ass woman and it's time to take a really good man to change my single status. Next time you hear the love yourself first line, flip them the bird. Okay. It's a hot take. And you know what? I'm fucking here for it because I think a lot of us and a lot of you guys, I mean, obviously, hello, not me necessarily. I'm not grouping. I'm not grouping myself in with the single ladies, although I love you guys, but a lot of single peeps out there do love themselves. Okay. And they're like, I'm fucking good. I know myself. I love myself. Me, myself, and I, we're good to go. But I want somebody else to share a piece of me with. I'm ready for, you know, someone to appreciate who I am and love me as much as I love myself. And some people are ready for that. And honestly, thank you, Brittany, for sharing this because I didn't even really realize that. Because it's like, oh, like, what advice for single people is just like, oh, work on yourself. It's time to turn inwards. And I've even given that advice before where it's like, oh, it's just such a good time to, you know, become the best version of you. And I'm sure that a lot of single people who have been working on themselves, who have been single are like, yeah, bitch, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm good to go. Like, I'm ready to share this with somebody. I'm ready to have a lover. And I, I love that. And I really do feel like a lot of you guys can relate to that. And you know what? That, amen. Amen, Brittany. Okay. The next one says, not much of a story, more of an appreciation for you. You and your podcast inspire me daily. Life is tough, but when you know that there are other people going through the similar things in this crazy world, then it feels like a less scary place. I've been in a funk these last few weeks, burnout, anxious, tired, and I know I need to make a change soon. One thing that has been a reminder for me is your tattoo. Quote, it's happening for you. I think I got that right. You did. It's easy to be so anxious and tell yourself everything sucks or question why something is happening, but I keep reminding myself that it's happening for me, even if I don't understand it. 
keep doing what you're doing, please. Your podcast and just seeing your stories or Instagram posts keep me keep me going throughout the day, especially the hard ones. Also, low-key hoping this merch you keep hinting at as your tattoo sleeve of it because I love it so much. But even if it doesn't, I'm buying your merch ASAP. I love that. First of all, thank you so much. The reason that I wanted to share this little snippet is because I actually want to take the opportunity to share the meaning behind my tattoo, the full meaning, um, because I think that this is going to hit home for a lot of you guys. So um, the story behind my tattoo is that I, I always knew that I wanted to get a few tattoos. I have three right now. I definitely will be getting more. I already have another one in, in mind that I want to get as soon as I get that itch. Like when you get tattoos, you kind of get a little bug where you're like, I want to get a tattoo or even piercings. And then you get it that day. Right. That's how I am. Um, so I'm waiting to get the itch to get another tattoo, but it's coming soon. I definitely feel it. Um, but I was, this was my, between my freshman and sophomore year of college. So I was what? 18, 19 at this point. And I go to work one day. I was still home. This was summer break right before my sophomore year going up. This was like a couple weeks before going up for my sophomore year. And I was talking to one of my coworkers who reads tarot cards. And I, it was so funny because I told her that morning, I'm like, oh, I really want a tattoo, but like, I want it. I want my first tattoo and all of my tattoos to be meaningful. Like, I'm not just going to get something random on my body. Like, I have no idea what I want to get. Um, but I, I just really, I feel like I just want to get one soon, like my first one. So that was just like a separate conversation we were having. Or we were having. And she was like, oh, I got this new deck of tarot cards. Can I read them to you? And I'm like, absolutely. And she pulls out and whips, this, whips out this gorgeous deck of tarot cards, like so pretty. And I'm, you guys know me. I'm all into that universal shit. All right. Mother nature, the universe, you, you put in what you get out. I mean, it's just full circle. What goes around comes around karma. I fully believe in all of that. So I'm picking out these tarot cards. She's like, okay, pick out, you know, this, that, the other. So I pick out one of these cards and it catches my eye because there's this really, really pretty rose on it. And Rose is my middle name. And it was just this, it was gorgeous. I mean, it's just like the prettiest rose I've ever seen. And on the bottom of the picture, it said this cracked open. It's happening for you, not to you. And I took the card and I was like, holy shit, dude, what does this mean? And I basically looked it up on the cards website. It's from actually Rebecca Campbell, if anybody's interested. Um, And it's called the Ever Unfolding Rose. If you guys want to look it up, just look up the Ever Unfolding Rose, Rebecca Campbell. You guys will see it. And at the bottom of it says it um, cracked open. It's happening for you, not to you. So I went on the website and I read, it's happened the same day, you guys. I read about it. And this is what the card means that I feel like is going to resonate with a lot of you. Okay, ready? The challenge of life is to keep your heart open when you most want to close it, to let life crack you open, to open through hurt and loss, to allow what is falling away to fall away. Being human is a courageous act. A life well lived is full of losses and tragedies as much as triumphs and adventures. Wherever you find yourself at the moment, life is coaxing you to keep your heart open no matter how much it hurts, to continuously unfold, to let life crack you open. Perhaps you're going through a difficult time right now. Instead of cursing the difficulty, see it as a blessing to open yourself up to the truth that perhaps as hard as it may be, life is happening for you, not to you. And one day in the not too distant future, you may just bless the thing that broke you down and cracked you open because the world needs you open. Now is the time to go gently to treat yourself like a tender, sweet baby, to wrap yourself in a blanket and trust that the mother has you cradled in her arms. The seas may not all be smooth sailing, but you are safe and you are held. 
One day, not too far from today, you will look back at the transformation and be blown away by the poetry of life. Everything is going to be okay. Let it crack you open. Hello. Hello. Is anybody crying? Because me too. Okay. I read that, you guys, and it just struck a chord. It struck a chord. I I knew within that day, I was like, I want to get this tattooed on me. I want to get tattooed. It's happening for you. And this is not like a special saying that I'm coming up with, right? Like I'm not cracking the fucking Morse code here. All right. I'm not Da Vinci figuring out all of these different crazy things right now. A lot of people know the quote, it's happening for you. It's happening for me, not to me, yada, yada, yada. But that whole explanation with the tarot card really just hit home. Within the next week, I had my first tattoo. And that year was one of the hardest years that I had ever gone through in my life with transferring schools and going through that whole sophomore year. It was so difficult. It was just, it was really, it was really hard. It was a lot to go through. You guys know my, um, you know, my story by now, if you've listened to, you know, all of my podcast episodes, um, and it was not easy. And when I tell you that, like that tattoo carried me through that time, I just had to keep reminding myself. I was like, I fucking don't understand why this is happening to me. I don't understand it, but it's, it's happening for me. Whatever mother nature has planned for me, whatever higher power has something planned for me, I just know that something good is going to come out of it. And you know what good came out of that whole fucking experience of being bullied in college and dropping out and transferring and yada, yada. It's this job today. It's what I do today as a career. I would have never, ever been posting on social media. I would have never been met my coach, been inspired by my own journey, taken the step and the leap to create my business. None of that would have happened. You guys, none of that would have happened. So yeah, I just wanted to share, uh, the full story of my first tattoo. And then I have a rose on the inside of, um, my arm. It's like a single stencil tattoo. So it's really thin. So you can't really see it. And then I also have a single stencil tattoo of my sister's birthday in Roman numerals. So I'm constantly reminded of what a, what a blessing my older sister is. Just kidding. I do love her. Um, but yeah, so that's the, I don't know, it's a little cheesy, I guess, but that's the meaning of, of, um, my tattoo, my tattoo. And I definitely encourage you guys to look up the ever, just type in the ever unfolding rose. If that's what you type in, you'll see Rebecca Campbell at the top. You'll be able to reread this over and over and over. I constantly am rereading this because it's just, I feel like it's the reminder that we all need, but yeah, love you guys. And I love sharing that. Okay. The next one goes, I had a best friend of 10 years. We even have the same birthday who I no longer talk to. Oh, friendship breakups are the worst. When I broke up with my ex, I got my own apartment and a girl I worked with moved in with me. Inevitably, the three of us, my best friend and roommate and I started hanging out all the time since my best friend was over at my house every day. I got a new job, started working more, and shortly after that, got a new boyfriend and started sleeping over at his house often. He was buying me nice gifts and taking me out to nice dinners regularly. My best friend was so happy for me, but I always felt that there was a negative energy coming from my roommate when I would get home, almost like she wasn't happy for me in an envious way. I was spending more time with my boyfriend, and in turn, my best friend started spending more time with my roommate. When my lease was up on my apartment, my boyfriend and I decided it was time to move in together. My roommate got really sour with me over this decision, and there was an awkward tension in the house for the last couple of weeks I was there. Oh, that's always the worst. That is the worst. It was clear her and I were no longer going to be friends. Once I moved in with my boyfriend and I was working full time, I was still talking to my best friend every day, but had less time to hang out with her. 
A couple weeks goes by and I see on social media she's spending a lot of time with my ex-roommate. Under the circumstances of how it all played out with my ex-roommate, I felt like there was some disloyalty in our friendship. There had already been past incidences where she continued to hang out with people who had done me wrong in the past that I had to let go of, but this one left a bitter taste in my mouth. I will never try to control who someone spends their time with, so I sent a text message explaining that I had to take a step back as she was developing this new friendship with someone that I had first of all introduced her to, and second of all, got really weird with me at the end, and I now no longer talk to. I never heard from her again. It's been two and a half years. I hope she's doing well. I still miss her to this day and think about her on her birthday, but I just couldn't stay close and try to share her as a best friend with this other girl. That's my sad story on how I lost my bestie. Oh, that makes me so sad because a decade long friendship. I mean, I'm so sorry. I wish I could give you a hug. It's really, really difficult to go through stuff like that. And like, uh, I chatted about and said in my friendship breakups episode, Some people are only meant to be in your life for certain periods of time. Even if a friendship you would think if it's a decade long would last your whole life, sometimes they don't, right? Especially 10 years, because that's a big transformational period of whatever age you were 10 years prior to where you're at now, right? There's a lot of growth and development and new thoughts and opinions and beliefs and relationships formed and you just become a different person. And sometimes it just happens where your best friend, who's also going through that same life experience, changes as well and develops into a different kind of person. And also like you should never have to like tell, how should I put this? Your best friend should be your fucking ride or die. Like this may sound whatever, but like Whoever you don't like, they don't like. Whoever they don't like, you don't fucking like. That's how it rolls. Like, that is how an asshole buddy fucking rolls, okay? Like, maybe there's, like, a good cop, bad cop type of relationship where it's, like, someone in the relationship and the friendship is nicer. The other one, not so much, right? But you should never have to have issues with your friend being friends with somebody that, like, maybe did you dirty. Because if they did you dirty, like, this is how I am as a friend. If somebody does my friend dirty, they also did me dirty, right? Like I take offense to whatever she takes offense to because that's my fucking ride or die. Like we're the same person. It's a mirror image of who I am just in another human being, a sister from another mista, right? So that's not somebody that you want in your life anyways, as hard as as it is. And it's even harder that you guys share the same birthday because I don't know if this is is something that you're ever not going to think about, you know, on your birthday. But especially with the ex-roommate, I mean, when you get that feeling, um, that sixth sense as a woman, y'all already know when you get that feeling that something is off, you know, jealousy is the ugliest trait and jealousy is a loud fucking trait that women have. Okay. It is loud. It's written all over their faces, whether it's snide comments, remarks, body language, whatever it is. Jealousy is loud in women. Okay. And it's the ugliest trait that a woman can hold against another woman. And unfortunately it happens all the time. And clearly she was just envious and jealous. And, you know, maybe she saw that as the perfect opportunity to swoop in and take your bestie. But if your bestie is the type of person to, to fall for that stuff, then maybe you came to a point in your guys's friendship and relationship where it's time to grow apart and move on to different people who are going to support you because you deserve that. You guys all deserve people who are going to fucking ride or die for you. Okay. But thank you for sharing that. I feel like that's really, really relatable. And I'm so sorry. I wish that I could hug you. 
All right, here we go for the next bestie tale. It says, hello, bestie. I wanted to talk about something that isn't a fun topic. Honestly, this can be pretty triggering. I thought talking about this might be useful for women who may be in the same boat as me. I'm 27 years old and I've been married for two years together for 10 plus years to my amazing husband. And we've been trying for a family a little over a year now. Anyone who knows me knows that I've wanted to be a mom since I was a kid. I've been told I'm an old soul and I've always been significantly more mature than people my age. Having started this journey to grow our family, I've come to realize it's not as easy as others make it seem. Some people get pregnant the first go around while others like me takes years. I want all the besties to know that our day will come for when we become moms, but know that everything happens for a reason. I definitely believe in that and that God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. I want all women who are possibly going through this phase of their life to know that all the social media posts you see about pregnancy announcements and beautiful babies being brought into this world, it can all happen at different times in our lives. We're very different. We all have very different paths and I never want anyone to compare their lives with others. Stay true to who you are as a person and know your time will come. So to just put my mind and hopefully other women's minds at ease, it will happen for us. And when that day comes, we will be looking back at the heartaches of all the days we took a pregnancy test and it was negative or when Aunt Flo would surprise us when we didn't want to see her for months. Keep praying and have faith that our time will come. Love y'all. Oh, that's like making me a little bit emotional. Thank you for sharing that, whoever that was. It was an anonymous um, bestie tale, but I wanted to share that because although this isn't something that I um, personally can relate to myself, uh, I know that a lot of you guys probably can relate to this experience out there. And I think it's important to understand that everyone is going through something. Everyone is going through something in their lives that is not bringing them joy. And it's, it's really difficult to go through. And like she said, to not compare yourself to other people on social media, um, easier said than done. Hi, easier said than done, but also just understand that it's happening for you. Okay. The time will come. The time will come when it's the right time and it's going to be the absolute most amazing, life-changing experience when that time will come for you to become a mom. And the the baby is going to come out beautiful and healthy and gorgeous and just it's going to be an amazing experience. And you really sometimes just have to trust in your path, right? Like your path is already paved. You just have to keep walking down it. There are going to be a lot of twists and turns and ups and downs and whys. You just have to keep waking up and taking one step in front of another and keep fucking going. Do not give up. Keep going. Keep trying. Your time will come. And that is my little piece of advice and hopefully a little bit of motivation for you or just maybe putting your mind at a little bit of ease. But thank you for sharing that. And for anybody who's going through the same exact experience who can relate to that best detail, I love you so much and I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. Okay, the next one goes, I am 22, about to be 23 in December, and I recently graduated college with with a bachelor's degree in business management and I'm feeling clueless in my career. (laughs) Relatable. When I started college, I had no idea what I wanted to do or even who I wanted to become, and I thought going into business school would be cool, but now after graduating, I wish I took the time to figure out what I actually wanted to do and enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. I learned a lot about business and how to run a business, but I'm not passionate about it. I've been applying to jobs left and right, and so far, no responses. I've been going through it 
personally as well. My cat just passed away in my arms on August 23rd. Oh, so sorry. He was 11 having heart failure and had fluid around his lungs and he took his last breath in my arms and I haven't been okay since. I'm grieving the loss of my childhood pet who has watched me grow up from 12 years to 23 years old. And when I go home and don't see him anymore, I'm immediately depressed. And while this is going on, I'm constantly being reminded that I haven't started my career yet. I'm not becoming successful. I'm not doing everything I should be doing right now while I'm still trying to grieve. I'm in a constant battle with myself because everyone my age has it all figured out or portrays that they have it all figured out. I wish life could be easy, but it just isn't. Now, I know that the last two have been, you know, a little bit heavier, but I want to share these experiences because they're fucking relatable. Okay. First of all, I'm so sorry about your childhood pet and your cat. I mean, oh, when that day comes for my family, it is going to be absolutely horrendous. Like the losing any pet is obviously so, so horrible, but your childhood pet, your childhood pet who has been there for you and watched you grow through the most transformational periods of your life is so difficult. I cannot even imagine I'm so, so sorry that you went through that. So sorry. Um, but when it comes to graduating with your degree that you maybe don't even love, uh, everybody raise your hand if that's you. Okay. That's probably like 70% of the people in the, the world graduate with a degree that they just either don't even use or just kind of did it because everyone was doing it or it's just a basic degree. And you're like, I can do a lot with this. I'm not really sure. You don't need to have it figured out. Hello. Hello. 23 is fetus. And I'm saying that as, oh, I'm almost 25. Oh, gr- gross. You guys, oh, I'm scheduled for a midlife crisis or a quarter life crisis. I mean, oh my God, midlife. Hello. But I'm scheduled for a quarter life crisis. My first one, I'm turning 25 in January. How exciting. But 23 is so young. 23 is so fucking young. You do not need to have it figured out. And I guarantee you if there's 30 or 40 year year olds that are listening to this right now, they're probably sitting there like, oh my God, if I was 23 now, what I would do to be 23. You are so young. They're probably sitting there like you are a fetus. You don't need to have this figured out. They don't even have it figured out. None of us have it figured out. None of us do. What are we doing? Okay. We all graduated with a degree that maybe some of us are using and becoming doctors and lawyers and are slaying the game or PR people, marketing, graphic designers. I don't know. What else is there? Nurses, teachers. I don't know. There's so many, there's so many things out there, but there's a large amount of people who have graduated with a degree and they're just like, I don't really know what I want to do. And in college, it's okay to not have it figured out. I was undeclared my first two years because I did not really know what I wanted to do. And to be honest, my sister was a PR and marketing major and a business minor. And so I was like, oh, I'm also a PR and advertising major and business minor as well. I literally, it was like, my sister did that. And she she's, can maybe help me out with some of my classes. Cool. I'm going to do that too. Right. That's what the older siblings are for, for them to go through it. So then you can just follow after their footsteps. That's truly you guys. Why? Like I had no passion that I was like, oh yeah, I want to be, you know, a lawyer. So I'll do political science major, or I want to do, I want to become a psychologist. So I'll do a psych major, or I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what I can, my brain is fried right now. I can't even think of any other careers, but I basically just did what my, what my sister did. And thank God it was like a pretty decent major and minor, but yeah, that's super, super relatable. And, and a lot of people portray that they do have it together, but I can tell you right now, especially the younger 20-something-year-olds to mid, even I would just say everybody who's in their 20s, I know a lot of people who are in their 30s as well who are going to be like, me too, it's not just your 20s. But yeah, if you're in your 20s right now, 
we all in the sauce. We on the we all in the lost sauce. Okay, that's where we're at right now, and we're all just chilling here. We'll figure it out at some point. Who knows if we will? But that's kind of what life is about, right? It's about just like it'll come at a certain point where we'll figure it out and everything will be okay. Um, but it comes with highs and lows for sure. So thank you for sharing that because I feel like that was just a really really relatable relatable uh, best detail for for all of our girlies out there. Okay. So we only have time for one last best detail because you guys, my brain is fried. My brain is not braining. Okay. I'm trying to read these stories and I'm having to like retake it because I'm like, I'm starting to jumble and speak a different language. So we are going to finish off with a bestie who needs some advice. Here we go. Hi, Soph. I just wanted to start off by saying I absolutely adore you. I've been following you for a couple of years now, and I feel like you really are a bestie to me. You always keep it real with us on social media, and that's so hard to find, and I just appreciate your authenticity and encouragement online because it really is refreshing. Oh, I love you. Okay, so my bestie tale is a bit open-ended because I'm hoping for some advice. Your last episode about being lost in the sauce hit home so hard, sister. I can't even begin to express how hard. I'm 26 years old and have been a nurse for four years now. I'm finally settled into a career I love and have the best family who loves and supports me alongside with my closest best friend circle, aka my asshole buddies. I love that. However, I recently just moved back home with my parents because the economy is terrible and it was no longer financially smart for me to be renting an apartment where I was living. And I'm a nurse who works two jobs, but that's besides the point. Now here's the tea. I met my sweet boyfriend in college and we have been together ever since. After being in horrible relationships all throughout high school, he was a breath of fresh air I needed. It truly felt like love at first sight. I saw him across the way at an open party and wow, and thought, wow, what a cutie. Then it turns out we had a psych class together and long story short, we started talking and dating. You get the drift. Now fast forward to 2023. We are about to celebrate our eight year anniversary of dating. Congratulations. New relationship is perfect by any means. And I don't expect it to be all rainbows and butterflies, but I'm ready for us to take the next step with a proposal and have been for two ish years now. However, he hasn't, and doesn't seem like he ever will be. The ball has totally been in his court for the last couple of years. And yet he were, here we are just still dating. And I recognize that would be fine and enough for some people, but my, for myself, it just isn't. I'm ready for the full diving in headfirst commitment to being married and started having, start having kids. We're both old souls at heart, so I feel more than ready to be a wife than a mom. Anytime I bring this up, he shuts down. He he just genuinely isn't ready and doesn't have a real reason to give me when I ask why. I'm totally at a complete loss. I love this man with my whole heart and have for eight years, but I'm ready for what's next and I feel like I can't keep waiting. I also feel like I'm crazy for throwing away eight years with somebody just because of that, but I can't help it. I feel like I just vented out a nice journal entry here for the pod. I just want some out, some outside looking and advice from a bestie girl. If you saw this, I love you. Thank you for including your followers like you do. Okay. Oh, well, first of all, I love you. Second of all, this is also very relatable for a lot of people. Now, obviously, I can't sit down and chit chat and ask questions with your mans, but typically I feel like there is an explanation and a reasoning behind why he feels that way. Maybe it's past relationships. Maybe it's the example that he had growing up. I'm not really sure with his parents or whoever, um, you know, he grew up with, Maybe there's another reason. I don't really think it would be that. It seems like you guys are good together. You've got a good setup or whatever it is. I would say it's kind of one of those conversations that you need to have where you really, really have to 
ask the right questions. Cause it's not like a, well, why aren't you ready? And he's probably going to be like, well, I don't know. Like there's no like real reason why it's just like not the right time. There's, there's better questions to ask than that. And you can be like, how, what is your viewpoint on marriage? How do you feel about marriage? Do you feel like there were people in your life or examples in your life where you saw that marriage wasn't something that you were interested in? Are you interested in getting married? You know, all of these different questions kind of really diving deeper into the situation. And also I will say that if a man is not secure with his maybe financials, his job with the way he feels about himself. Like men have feelings too, right? Okay. All right. I know. I know what you're thinking, but men have feelings too. And there's stuff that they go through. And like, if you think about societal pressures, the, the, these are okay, right? These are generalizations here, but what women versus men go through, right? We know what we... <laughs> We know what we fucking go through, okay? I don't need to explain it. But there's also the other side of things where men have that stereotype of providing, of being the man of the house, of, you know, taking care of of most of the things, of, you know, making the money. Like, obviously, it's changed, okay? Again, these are are just stereotypes. I'm not saying this is the way to live your life. But, like, you know, they make the money. They bring it all in. They protect. They you know, do all these different things. And if a man doesn't feel that way in a relationship and he's not ready, like he's not there yet, although he will get there, I don't know if that's something, if if he would be ready for marriage, right? Because maybe he wants to be really settled in his career. Maybe he wants to be making career, career money to be able to get you the ring of your dreams. And you know, you guys can have the wedding of, of your absolute dreams and really go balls to the walls for it and enjoy the process and everything. Maybe that could be a reason. I'm not saying this is the only one, you know, there's, there could be a million different reasons, but also like there's a perspective of things where it's like men sometimes have these under uh, like, or these inner feelings where they have angst around it because it's a lot like the pressure is on them essentially to pop the fucking question. And like when they pop the question, it's like, okay, you are assuming that it's like, we're going to bind this legally and get married and we're going to have kids not right away, but eventually, and you are going to be the provider. And, you know, even if you are still a nurse and working a job and whatever, you guys get what I mean. But there's other reasonings why behind like why men would feel this way. And it, it might take, I would say, don't give up, don't give up. You know, eight years is a long time. And if that's somebody who you see fathering your children and being the absolute love of your life for the rest of your life and you're inseparable, like hopefully he can feel comfortable enough to explain to you why and really do some deep inner work. And just, it's about asking the right questions for your significant other to get to the root of the problem, because it might not be that he doesn't want to propose, but there's a different reasoning why underneath all of this on why it's leading to him waiting a little bit. If that kind of makes sense. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, but you're not crazy for feeling that way. I'm sure that there's a lot of besties that do feel that way as well. Um, and Nash and I have had this conversation plenty of times. I'll just tell you a little snippet for us. Um, with Nash and I, I mean, we're only like 24. We're going to be turning 25 soon. We are not at a place where we're quite ready to get engaged yet. And we've had this conversation. We've planned out kind of like a general timeline. It'll still be a surprise for me. 
I'm not saying like give me an exact date or the exact month. We have a general timeline on kind of when we want to get engaged. We know that it's not a matter of like, if it's happening, it's a matter of like, okay, we know when, like, it's a matter of when, you know, it's happening. It's not if, and he is at a place right now where he's not in his career yet, right? Like he is, um, working full time and going to school full time, but he's not in his career of being a firefighter yet. And it's, (laughs) if you know anybody who's a firefighter, if your husband is or your boyfriend or your best friend or whatever, it's a long journey. It's not like you take one class for six months and you just get right in. Like most of the time, it's a couple years of education, of doing different jobs in the emergency medical service field, healthcare field in order to get to to being a career fireman. Like it's not as easy as it really sounds. Um, and so for him, we've had this conversation where he's like, I don't, I'm not making career money right now. And you are. And I want to be at a place financially where I can feel comfortable providing for, for you and for me. Like you keep working your job, you keep doing your thing with all your besties. This is Nash, you know, he's like, you keep doing all your thing with your besties, but I want to be in a place where I feel like I can get you the ring of your dreams. We can have the wedding of our dreams and I'm not in my career yet. And I don't feel settled quite yet in order to provide that for you. And I want to be at a place mentally, physically, and emotionally, especially in my career wise, where I'm at that place and I'm fucking, I'm balling out and I'm able to like provide and, and give and do that. And we've had that kind of, for me, I'm like, absolutely. I 100% support that. I understand why I'm not mad. I'm like, I totally love that because I want to see you feeling yourself in your career and doing your thing, you know, like I don't want to rush this by any means. There's no need to rush this process. And that's like, obviously, um, we've had this conversation many times because we get asked a lot, you know, anytime I drop that, it's like, we've been dating for almost five years. Where's your ring? Five years, can you ring? Please get over yourself. Like everyone's relationship is so different. Um, but it's about having like the deep, deep conversation and, really asking the right questions, kind of like I've said over and over here. Okay, but that's it. Oh, that's all I got, you guys. I am never recording a podcast at 3 p.m. ever again because it's like that 3 p.m. lull. We all go through it. I think 3 p.m. is like the worst hour of the day. From 3 to 4, it's just brutal. It's a drag. We all want to take a fucking nap. We're ready to be done with the day, right? That is how I feel right now. So we're going to wrap it up today, but thank you guys so much for listening in today. I really, really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. I freaking love you guys. And I will talk to you very soon.